You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Hello and welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. We are here with the Irish Abroad Show. Better late than ever, but we're here nonetheless. It's myself, Adam and Killian, and we're here to basically discuss all the lading, uh, latest from this week. Um, starting off, lads, uh, there was obviously the biggest talking points were probably the fact that Aaron Connolly is back among the goals, uh, two goals on his birthday there yesterday, and he was involved in everything, if you didn't see the highlights already. Um, but I'm sure we'll come down through that. But I suppose I'll bring it in just with uh, some of the games and stuff like that, and then we're going to go through a little bit of that. So, um Obviously, the first game of the week was Spurs and Fulham, and Spurs beat Fulham 1-0. Matt Doherty was an unused sub. Um, he did play against Preston, though, um, against a lot of the Irish lads, which we'll come to as well. Uh, then the EFL Cup during the week, Gavin Bazunu played as Newcastle beat to Hampton 1-0 in the first leg of the semi-final. Uh, first leg, so they have another game to play, I think. Um then uh, Leicester played Walsall in the FA Cup. Ocean McEntee was an unused sub there. And then Birmingham uh, drew 2-2 with Blackburn. Kevin Long started uh, and Scott Hogan came on in the 64th minute. Bristol City beat West Brom with uh, Dara O'Shea and Jason Malumby playing in that one. Uh, 3-0. Mark, uh, Mark Sykes sorry, played and assisted uh, a goal as well there as well. So he's a, fl- he's a flying form coming in to... Uh, February now. I haven't had a good January. Then uh, Fulham drew 1 1 with Sunderland. Shane Duffy, an unused sub. But just want to talk about Shane Duffy there while we're there. Um, Adam, there's a lot of talk of Shane Duffy joining Fulham as a permanent deal, uh, even though he's not been playing. But he's been, he's, there's a lot of talk of him signing as a permanent deal so they can open up another loan signing that is Fulham. Strange one there. It seems like uh, wages are the only factors stopping that, even though he's not playing. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I did hear about that. I think it is a bit of a strange one, considering that, as you said, it kind of seems to be more of a quota thing rather than actually them wanting him because he's not really playing. Like, There's no reason to really make that loan permanent. Um I think if it was if I was Shane Duffy, I don't think I'd really want that move just because you're not really getting a game. Um, like there's no shame in not playing for Fulham. They're, they've been a great team this year. They're not just you know going straight back down like they have in other years. They're really actually pushing up the table this year, and they've got some massive results. Like especially a few weeks ago against Chelsea, they got huge results. So um, yeah, I think if I was Shane Duffy, I probably wouldn't want to to join. Um, obviously, the fact that it's a loan deal, I'm sure he'll have some say in it. Um, I don't think he'd want to go though. Um, but yeah, if I was him, I'd probably be saying to, to not go because you don't want to be at the age he's at in his career now. You want to be playing football, um, getting a game for Ireland because there's a lot of actual competition now in that centre back role for Ireland. So I think if I was him, I'd definitely be looking at uh, not making that move permanent. Yeah, Killian, what, what's your opinion? You know, do you think that Duffy should uh, go out and look for first team football somewhere? You know, he's only got probably. A couple more years of his prime left, especially if he wants to be playing with Ireland. But uh, it seems as though he's probably settled in uh, in London, and that's probably the reason why he uh, is is choosing to stay there. I mean, from Duffy's perspective, it's probably obviously as Adam said there. 
you know, he's, he's with the side they have at the minute and how well they're doing in the Premier League and everything, like they're could likely get European football at the end of the season, you know. I don't think he's really going to get a sniff maybe in the cup competitions, but or Fulham even still in the cup, I'm like, I don't even know, but for Fulham, Fulham's perspective, I think it's a Yeah, that was a cup game, yeah, Duffy's it's 1-1, one, one, so they've a replay player. at Sunderland. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a proven player, like, he's playing, obviously, a lot of football, and he's playing the Premier League, SPL, whatever, like, if the, if they need him, he's a good option to have, but in terms of his own personal career, I don't really think it's a great move. Yeah, I think th- I think that's what a lot of people are, are, are thinking there. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether he does stay there permanently. I, I personally think he should go out and just try and get some game time elsewhere. He, I'm sure there's a lot of London clubs, but then again, they're not playing. Uh, sorry, they're not paying Premiership wages or Premier League wages, whatever you want to call it these days. Um, but anyway, we'll move down the scope there. Uh, Ipswich drew nil nil with Burnley. Marcus Harness started that game, and Josh Cullen came on as a sub in the 59th minute. As we know, since then, Obafemi has. Uh, he has scored, or sorry, signed for uh, Burnley today on loan with a view to a permanent move in the summer, which is obviously good news as well. I suppose we'll we'll stop there and talk about that. I think Obafemi going to Burnley to help them get into the Premier League. If he finished the season strongly, he go there. They have the option to buy him. It makes sense. I hear it's like three million. It might go up depending on how well he does. If he finishes the season like he did last season with Swansea happy days for, for everyone involved. They may be not Swansea, but everyone else involved. And I think it, it'll only bode well for Ireland having him coming in, good form, uh, you know, for the World Cup qualifiers in March. Um, I suppose I'll come to you, Adam, and get your opinion on that. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's a great move for for Obafemi. Um, they could look at Burnley now and say, you're almost guaranteeing yourself that this time next year you'll be a Premier League player. Like, they look fairly certain to go straight back up. Um, you know, Obafemi, in terms of Ireland, obviously, it kind of looked like it's maybe six months ago that, you know, he was going to be the guaranteed starting striker for Ireland, especially after that goal against Scotland. He's only he's only got four caps for Ireland and obviously that goal, that one goal against Scotland. But now with Ferguson coming through and how well he's done lately, you, you just think, you know, there's a lot of competition for places there. So the fact that he hasn't really been you know, firing for Swansea lately. A lot of people saying it's down to his move, which is fair enough. Um, but now he's gone that move. Like, he's only he's played 19 championship games and he's gotten three goals, which is nowhere near what he was doing last year. Um, so, you'd def- definitely like to think that, for Ireland's sake, he'd kick on now for the rest of the season and then to the Premier League next year, hopefully. And uh, it, it'll be, you know, it's exciting for Ireland to have him and Ferguson up top as options. Yeah, Killian, what, what's your opinion on Alba Femby going to Burnley when you saw it? Were you thinking happy days or not? I think it's a it's a great move for him and it's a great move for Bernie as well. Uh, like the option to buy for three million, I know he hasn't been on his best form this season in the championship with Swansea, but if you look at the quality he has, and I think he'll definitely fit the Bernie side of play this season. You know, under company, they've got a lot of young, exciting players. They're playing a really good brand of football, and I think it suits him. You know, he's got the pace, he's got quality on the ball. You know, he's rapid. Like he's he's a he's a good fit for them, and I think. If he can find his form, three million is a bit of a bargain, and hopefully he'll find his form as well for Ireland as well. Yeah, um, you know he's been our best player, arguably over the last year, other than Josh Cullen. So I think uh, it's a good move, and hopefully he'll be playing Premier League next season if he can take up, you know, if he can help Burnley get up there, and then hopefully he'll be on the 
uh, case there with with them um i'm just looking through comments there this is just a few that came in uh i'll just quickly um oops when you have the volume up full uh i'll just look at there the brian hogan says Connolly on fire in the last two for hull sean mclaughlin looks solid at center half as well I'd rather him over Kevin Long any day of the week. I think Duffy is finished, to be honest, lads. And then uh, FT says his Brighton contract expires in June. That's Duffy, of course. Um, and then, uh, yeah, FT again. So Scott Twine back from injury. New South African striker signed. So Obafemi will have competition. Won't be easy. How will he react if he isn't playing regularly? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but like, I don't know if any of you have seen that video of Vincent Company when he he's talking to the Anderlecht team and he just doesn't seem like he gives a shit what anyone thinks and he, he'll let roar at anyone. So I think uh, I think um, Albert Femi will probably be on his best behaviour because I wouldn't imagine Vincent Company's a man to be messed with. Um, and he's, he seems to be, you know, he, it seems to be that Company was the reason why he went there in the first place just because of what he's done what he's won in his career and he wants to learn from him that's what he said in his interview anyway so yeah look there's Obafemi there and anyway we're going to talk about another uh, Irish striker in the lower, lower leagues doing well Sheffield Wednesday won 1-1 uh, Fleetwood promise on my sherry goal I know you wanted to speak about him there Adam and uh, Phoenix Patterson was an unused sub for Fleetwood yeah, um, I, I see the, saw the goal um, promise. It was really good. It's typical of his balls days. A really good movement in the box. And then a diving header to finish it off. And uh, he scored a few goals recently for Fleetwood. Like, since making that move, he actually has really stepped up to play. And um, he's been shown, like, this same kind of goal score and form that he was for balls, where he was finishing chances when he got them. Um the goal he took the goal really well and I'm really happy for him. He's doing really he's doing really well over there to be fair to him and he's still he's still so young as well so I'm looking I'm looking forward to see how he gets on. How much do you miss him lads? Killian how much do you miss him? Uh like especially looking at how bows were last season, like we need we need a man like Promise again. I mean I'm optimistic this season but he's a he's a quality player. He was always he was always good for us. Always enjoyed watching him and I'm really happy for him. He's do, he's doing bits over there in England, and I hope he just keeps pushing up, keeps the quality go up, and I reckon he could be one to watch for the future. Anyway, yeah, um, I think I think the more he, like Scott Brown really trusts him, so he's doing the business for Fleetwood. I think they they yeah they've a replay now with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, then we're moving on to Southampton and Blackpool. Um, two one win for Southampton. Andy Lyons and CJ Hamilton both started. At, at, at wing back positions, um, Andy Lyons did have a very good game by uh, his own standards. Um, a lot of people online, uh, Kenny's kids and stuff like that, were saying how well he had played. Um, I'll get the stats up in a sec, but uh, yeah, Bazunu was a sub. Willie Caballero started. Uh, not really surprised by that because he played the game uh, in midweek of the EFL Cup, um, and I think they have their second leg either this week or the week after. But uh, Obviously, we know Bazunu is number one there, but uh, are you surprised at, at how well Andy Lyons has done at um, Blackpool in his early days at Blackpool, Adam? Oh, no, to be honest, I'm not surprised at all. Um, I felt like when I watched him playing for Bowes a few years ago, I always felt like he was a really promising young right-back, but when he went to Rovers, I, I actually was really 
as much as I rated him, I was I couldn't believe how well he did. The amount of assists and goals he got last season playing as a left wing back under Stephen Bradley for Shamrock Rovers was unbelievable. Um, he's so creative on the ball, and is he's literally got every every trait of a top quality wing back or fullback that you could want, especially in the modern game. Like he's got pace, he's got real energy down the flank. His crossing is really good. He's got an eye for a pass. Like he he basically ripped the league of Ireland to shreds last year. Like I think it was in and around ten assists last year in the league alone, which is unbelievable. I know that Rovers team kind of was the best team, but still unbelievable. So I'm not surprised at all that he's translated that form over to Blackpool. Um, and I could definitely see in the next few years him even playing at a higher standard than Blackpool. And I'm not surprised at all that he's doing so. Yeah, Killian. Um... How what how would you uh, rate Andy Lyons so far? I know he's not really that popular with you Bose lads, haven't you know, gone to Shamrock Rovers, but um by all aspects he was a very good player for Bose at the same time. Yeah, I mean as much as it, yeah, I mean as much as it pains me to say it, um he has done exceptionally well both at Bose and at Rovers and now at Blackpool as well. Um he was he was kind of I think only starting to spread his wings at bows and then once he went to Rovers he just as Adam said there he ripped the league to shreds you know he was just he was unplayable at times and as a wing back he's as he said there Adam as well he's got all the qualities and I I think potentially later in his career he could even play further forward like he's he's very 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 good going forward he's always impressed me there uh, obviously he's got the pace he's very good on the ball eye for a pass and he can score goals if he needs to as well so. Like you, you can expect big things from going forward. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, we are probably looking for a couple of players to step up in those uh, wing back positions anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, um. I think Andy Lyons is a superb player, and I think yeah he could go up a few more levels as you say. Uh. Then moving on, then Preston were beaten three nil by Spurs. Um. A lot of Irish playing in that one. Um. You had uh, Robbie Brady, Tom Cannon, Alan Brown. Uh, Matt Doherty started as well. He came off in that game. Uh, didn't look best pleased. He's not really enjoying the best run of games at the moment. I don't know why he's not playing. I know Emerson Royale's done okay here and there, but Spurs are still not looking that good and he's still not playing, which would worry me that I would say he'd probably go in the summer um, if he doesn't play that much more You know, at the season. I mean, Conte's given him a go. After the World Cup, he gave him another go, and now it seems he's kind of bombed out again. So uh, I would say, yeah, it's it's not looking well for him. Uh, then Man United beat Reading three one, and Jeff Hendricks started that game, but didn't felt really make an impact. Uh, and Shane Long came on the seventy sixth minute, so uh, neither of them really made that much of an impact. Andy Carroll getting sent off as well, uh, but once Man United got the first goal, with Casemiro they blew Reading out of the way. Um, then Championship. Um, Hull City we spoke about it earlier on 2-0 QPR Connolly double Cyrus Christie assist Sean McLaughlin clean sheet and Jimmy Dunn played for QPR uh, just looking at some of the comments coming in there again now um, I think someone's mentioning uh, Marcus M says Connolly what a player uh, he's never fallen in love with a lone player seems like a breath of fresh air to be honest full of energy and looks very determined to prove people wrong McLaughlin came in and made the defence more solid also. So I'd imagine Marcus M is a whole City fan. So anyway, um, 
He's Guy Hardy came into the comments there and said, Marcus M, that's a load of bollocks. McLaughlin caused some serious faults in the back line, resulting in some crucial chances. So there, a uh, bit controversial there. But uh, Adam, when you saw the goal, were you surprised uh, in any way? Or the goals, if you rather? Um, well, you know, we were kind of waiting on Connolly to hit a kind of patch of form this season. Like, I've always really rated him uh, since he burst on the scene with those two goals against Tottenham a few years ago. But um, obviously he went to Venezia at the start of the season, didn't really work out five ups five appearances in the league and he didn't score any goals. I kind of fell out of favour there, but he's come back to Hull now and obviously and he's scored two goals. The first one was really, first one was really, really impressive. Like Cyrus Christie, unbelievable feat to kind of tangle past a few players in the box and then lay it back to Connolly. It was kind of a half volley into the corner. Like it was a really, really good finish. Um, just like that kind of definitely gave him confidence then for the rest of the match because when he went on then to score a second goal. It was a ball over the top and he just looked really calm, cool and placed into the bottom corner. Like that kind of a finish is the kind of one where a player with lacking confidence would definitely have kind of overtopped the touch or kind of hesitated. But he just looked like someone he took that in a stride. And I'm really hoping that Aaron Connolly can kind of build off this build off this great performance and keep going to the end of the season for a whole because He's a player I've, over the last few years, always kind of championed as a big player for Ireland in the future. And we, we forget, as you said yesterday, his birthday. Like, he only turned 23 yesterday. Feels like he's been around for so long because of when he burst onto the scene a few years ago. But he, he is still so young. And I really hope that he, he builds on from here. Yeah. Killian, you're not coming up on my screen, but I I, I know you're still there. Um, we're going to skip over that, right, and go straight to uh, Coventry then. Um uh, they beat Hull 2 0, or sorry, Huddersfield 2 0. Uh, Luke McNally got a clean sheet, and Shawnee McGuire came on the 90 minutes. So, uh, just your opinion on Shawnee McGuire and Luke McNally going to Coventry. Uh, Adam, I'll come to you because, as I said, uh, Killian for some reason isn't coming up on the screen, there. it's just black. Um, but what was your opinion on? And I know you wanted to go in on Luke McNally anyway, but um. Shawnee Maguire as well, who is someone who obviously was quite prominent in the League of Ireland, seems to be a really big player um, for for Ireland and stuff like that, but not really getting a look in at Preston and uh, has had to change it up and go to uh, Coventry. Yeah, as you said there, Sean Maguire was really on fire a few years ago with with Coventry. Um, he was a player who was just like he really ripped up the league of Ireland. Like it looked too easy for him at times when he was with Cork. But yeah, I suppose as you said, it never really worked out for Preston. Like he's had he's had great moments and really good patches of form, but he never kind of sustained a place and the team. And obviously now he's joined Coventry. I'm really like you know hoping that he kind of does well there because I still rate him as a, a really good player for Ireland. Um, like he's he's gotten caps and he can do well. Like definitely. And then on Luke McNally as well, like he's you know done unbelievable over the last few years. He only started playing at kind of a top top level when he was about sixteen. I know he was playing for Enfield, which is I think it was his local club, and then he went to to St Pat's at under seventeen level, had a few loans, did really well at Oxford for eighteen months. Then now then he went joined Burnley in the summer for two million. And, you know, he's a really good player. Uh, he's really filled out over the last few years. Um, I would have been aware of him um, through some lads I know uh, from 
a few years ago and he's really filled out like i watched him a few times at under 17 and under 18 right. level and he's really filled out he's really gone he's really he's really tall and big center half and he's someone who i think could definitely get minutes at burnley like whenever he's played he's only played three games in the championship this season but whenever he has played he's always looked really really impressive and obviously as you said there yesterday his clean sheet on his debut for Coventry. So he's the kind of player that I think can definitely go on and do really well. It feels like whenever he's taken a step up, he's always kind of taken his, into a stride. Like whether it's gone from a schoolboy team to St. Pat's youth team or from Oxford, from sorry, from League of Ireland to Oxford, he's always kind of taken it in a stride and actually looks completely comfortable at that level. He's never looked out of his depth with all the steps up he's, that he's taken over the last few years. So he's, he's definitely one to watch in the future, and I can definitely see him getting a cap, getting capped for Ireland, as long as he, he as long as he maintains his kind of place in Coventry over the next few months. Yeah, well, you never know. He could be a Premier League player next season because obviously he goes back from Coventry having a good loan. He, he could go up with Burnley then if they go up, of course. Uh, I see Killian, you're back now on on the screen. Um, I just. Quickly come back to you just on the Aaron Connolly thing if you wanted to speak about that because that's obviously a big talking point over the weekend. Uh, were you surprised to see him back among the course yet? And did you see his highlights? Because I saw them and he was involved in everything good that Hull did yesterday. Yeah, I saw the uh, <clears throat> the two goals and his involvement in the third goal. He actually, he could have had a hat-trick. There was another one he had where the ball came over the top. So. I can't can you hear him. Can you hear him, Adam? Oh, you can hear him, yeah. I don't know what that is. But anyway, look, I'll skip over it. Sorry, uh, Killian. I just I can't hear you on it. Um, where were we? Right. Um, right. Uh, Middlesbrough beat Watford 2 0. Daryl Lenehan played in that game. Uh, clean sheet uh, for Middlesbrough. Then uh, Charlton. Um, they got beaten 2-1 by Bolton Owen Toll started for Bolton and Owen Connell started for um, Charlton then in League 1 Cheltenham were, uh, drew 0-0 with Port Vale and Will Ferry was man of the match for Cheltenham and I see there someone in the comments was asking about Aidan Keane's move to um from Sligo to Cheltenham so uh, I think that's a bit of a strange move to be honest it's, it doesn't scream ambition to me um, I understand he might probably be going for more money or, or whatever but I just don't see uh, how it's beneficial for just a, a player that was doing really well you know he'd have probably been better off going to somewhere um, you know even a, like a Derry City or somewhere like that and uh and making his name there, kind of, at least playing European football and stuff like that. But he's gone to Cheltenham. I just think it's a bit of a weird one. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, Aidan Keane is a player that I watched a lot last season for Sligo, and obviously he finished as top scorer in the league. And I thought he was he was unbelievable last season. Like he did look like the kind of player I imagined, just kind of typical of the League of Ireland. I just thought he'd go to maybe Rovers or something, or as you said, Derry, like another top team that's looking to challenge and win the league next season. Um. Yeah, like he was. I know he played for St. Pat's at underage level and he was really good. So even if he went back there, but yeah, I suppose like moving to England. And I heard, I seen uh, today that it was apparently it was a good 
a good chunk of money, a good chunk of money they got for him, um, and then it was a release clause, which so you can't really fault Lyle. Um, but yeah, I suppose Shelton maybe maybe Aiden Keane thinks that he'll he'll stand a better chance of getting more game time and kind of flourishing there rather than going to a higher level and maybe not getting as much game time. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he does because he's a player already massively. So um, a bit of a Bit of a tough one for Sligo fans to take because players like that that are getting twenty plus league goals, they're very hard to come by. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just, it's just bizarre in my opinion. Um, Killian, I will come to you, but for some reason, it's your your audio's not working now at this stage, so I, I'm just not going to come to you. But we'll just leave you there, looking there anyway uh, for, the, for the duration. Um, yeah. Uh, then moving on, then MK Dons were beaten two uh, nil. By Exeter, Dawson DeVoy started in that game, um, and Connor Grant came on as a sub. Dara Burns was an unused sub, and Pierce Sweeney captained uh, Exeter and got a clean sheet in that game. Morecambe beat Bristol Rovers 5 1, uh, a goal and two assists for Dan Crowley, who is Irish eligible, um, still hasn't been called up yet, though. Uh, Ryan Delaney was a 65th minute sub, and Glenn Whelan was an unused sub for Bristol Rovers. Then in the SPL, uh, Hibs beat Aberdeen 6 0. With Aidan McGeady starting, uh, Liam Scales played in that one as well. He got a red card for two yellows, and Jim Goodwin unfortunately uh, lost his job after the game and was sacked uh, after a kind of bad run of, of results and kind of really embarrassing result against a sixth tier Scottish team as well uh, in the cup. So, um, unfortunately for him, but it, it, look, I tell you, he was a good manager. I think he bounced back. Um, St. Mirren then beat. Motherwell 1 0, Ross Tierney becoming a 56 minute sub in that game. And I know, Adam, you're going to move on to the Sunday games there. Uh, and just, uh, yeah, I suppose we'll reverse it there. You can you can ask me about them if you want. Because Killian, I don't know why the sound isn't working, but it isn't for me. Yeah, so um, for today in the FA Cup, um, three. Uh, Three um, main stories from an Irish perspective were, well, we'll start with the main one, I suppose, which was John Egan's 95th minute winner uh, in a 3-3 draw the winner, with then? Wrexham for Sheffield United. Uh, oh, winner, sorry. <laughs> Equaliser, not winner. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Sheffield United were down to 10 men, but, yeah, it was a, a header by John Egan in 95th minute, so that was really impressive. Um, then... Will Smallbone came on in the... Or, sorry, played 62 minutes for Stoke in... 3-1 win today versus Stevenage. And Gavin Kilkenny was on the bench um, for Stoke as well. as well. And then Jamie McGrath came on for Dundee uh, in the 62nd minute today in their 2-0 loss at home to Celtic. So, as far as Paul, starting off, obviously, you'd be thinking, what did you think of the John Egan goal? Today, that was an equaliser and not a winner. Sure, it was a, it was a header because the, the video that we put up, it looked like he kicked it. But I don't know, he just uh, he, he made connection it? with it. It's the way they kind of came in from the camera angle, looks a bit strange. It looks more <laughs> like he hit it with his foot oh, than, uh, than his head. But anyway, uh, he did score. And uh, yeah, he was doing the old shush, um, just telling people <laughs> he must be talking to Killian. Um, but <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, yeah, look, I'm not surprised. Egan's a leader, but it's an embarrassing result for them. Um, they'll be looking to, you know, win that replay and, uh, yeah, just bounce back from it because it's, it's a bit of an embarrassing scoreline or whatever. And Sheffield, you know, they're going strong in the championship and stuff like that. They, pop, they might actually probably want to be out of the uh, the actual 
cup itself to focus on the league. But either way, you know, it was great to see Egan on the score sheet. And, uh, you know, we all like John Egan as, as Irish men and he's our captain now. And he's quite prolific, to be fair to him. So, yeah, uh, I think um, Tom O'Connor played as well. And he got a good goal as well from Kilkenny. A lot of people um, saying that he should get praise as well. So, um, yeah, yeah it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, Sheffield definitely, they have a great chance of going up. Obviously, they're they've got fifty seven points in second place. Like they are five points off Burnley, but they're twelve points clear of Middlesbrough in third. So you think that you know, hopefully, John Egan will be back, and we'll have another Irish representative in the Premier League for next year as well. Yeah, someone said there in the comments it was off his shin, so I thought that was the case. Oh, I must have got mixed up. Yeah, um, well, it, it was a good goal either way. Uh, he just met it, and as he said, at the timing of scoring, it couldn't have been any more perfect. But uh, yeah, what was the other, what were the other games? So yeah, the other game then Smallbone played sixty two minutes for Stoke uh, in a three one win against Stevenage, and Stand Galvin Kilkenny was on the bench there. So what was your what was your opinion on that yeah. on, on Smallbone overall? Standard enough. Um, I'd like to see S- S- Smallbone st- step it up a little bit more over uh, the coming weeks, and uh, and hopefully kind of make a case to get himself into the squad for for March. But at the moment, uh, he's not like Joe Hodge for me is ahead of him in the pecking order. So it's up to him to to turn that around, and uh, hopefully. He can do and uh, get him well not turn it around because he's not done much wrong he scored last week but he, he needs to kind of stay consistently playing well and uh, making himself stand out more um, that would be my opinion on that Gavin Kilkenny needs to leave Stoke and go somewhere he's going to play and were you a bit disappointed with Smallbone last time getting called up to the squad but not getting a game or getting even a minute yeah but I think more so around this time he can actually be capped so um, I'd be getting him in there and and, and not uh, falling into that trap of of if he does well. Not that I don't think I don't think England would will be looking at him anyway, because I don't think they probably feel like he's up to the level in which that of the players that they want or their pool of players. So I don't think that would really matter. But you know you ne- you never know with England that they look at any chance to try and outdo us. So um, yeah, I would uh, I'd probably want to get him in there if I was being honest. Yeah, and then the last game um, from the SPL was, well, as I said there earlier, Jamie McGrath coming on for Dundee in the 62nd minute. So he played the last half an hour. Uh, they lost 2-0 to Celtic. Uh, what do you think about Jamie McGrath's chances of playing for Ireland now? Obviously, he was playing a lot the last kind of 18 months, but what do you think now with the likes of Joe Hodge and Smallbone coming into midfield and the other, option that, other options that we have in there? The only thing is that he has the advantage of Stephen Kenny trusts him. Um, that's the only thing I would say. But uh, other than that, I think um, I think he's probably playing. I don't want to say too low a level because he's obviously made his name at Saint Mary and got into the kind of squad and done well off that. But uh, I think when you have players playing a Championship or Premier League level, they're always going to be looked at as playing at a higher level. And until he's kind of playing in that, and there's obviously so many players that he can take. So um, Jamie McGrath is a quality player, and we know that. But I think if you know the way he kind of struggled at Wigan, and you look at where they are now in the championship, it it, it doesn't look well for him that he can't get into a struggling side like that, uh, and he had to kind of go out on loan to try and get minutes and stuff like that. Now he did score a cracking goal last week, but um, 
it is you know it, it was unfortunate um that he's just they were obviously a very poor opposition last week, but I just like I'd like to see him step up like he was that season with Saint Mirren, you know. Did you skip over the uh, the Liverpool game on Brighton? Yeah, yeah, the last one. I was literally just about to say that there. Um, obviously, the big shock of the day in the FA Cup was Brighton beating Liverpool two one. Um, Evan Ferguson started, but came off with an injury in the 89th minute. And then Andrew Moore was on the bench for Brighton and Kelleher was on the bench for Liverpool. But um, in terms of, obviously, the main talking point there from an Irish perspective is Evan Ferguson's injury. It was a pretty horrific tackle from Fabinho. I've seen a lot of people saying that it should have been a red card. What were your thoughts on, firstly, the challenge, but also on the injury? I thought the challenge was disgraceful. should have been sent off. Everyone's going to say, oh, I just going to say that because you're an Everton fan. It was it was ridiculous. Like it was uh, no need for it where it was in the pitch, and he knew straight away because he was like you could see from his face he knew it was a nasty one. But he like why are you throwing yourself in there? Um, Ferguson had played well throughout the game. He's done well, but his hold up playing probably should have had a goal. Uh, Alexander Arnold cleared it off the line, but um, I thought he had a, quite a good game and a good showing. Um, and yeah, they were they were going on and on about him on the commentary. Clark Tales, you kept on going on about the big man up front and how it's great to see you know teams playing with a big man, even though Danny Welbeck was up beside him. But anyway, um, yeah, there was just every every bit of talk was just Evan Ferguson this, Evan Ferguson that, and then obviously we heard about the nonsense during the week about England coming in for him as well, bizarre stuff. But anyway, um, I think. We're, we're all going to be hoping that he's going to be okay because we were hoping that, and the big thing was, if he's fit and available for March, he starts. And I think everybody agrees on that. Uh, he has to come in and start. Um, but, yeah, uh, as far as his injury goes, I just hope it's not too long. I hope he's not too, out for too long or too long a layoff. And uh, it was sad to see him kind of go off in the crutches um, after the game. Yeah, he's. it's kind of almost a, a shock that we're doing an Irish Rod show and not just talking about Evan Ferguson scoring because the last few weeks has just been all about Evan Ferguson because he's really been unbelievable the last few weeks in terms of his goals. But yeah, as you said, you just hope that it's just not that like almost typical, unfortunate timing that he gets a, a knock like this just as he's kind of getting into the first team, scoring goals, kind of building that trust with the Zerbi, uh, the Brighton manager. But yeah, hopefully that's not a long-term one because I definitely would have him as the first name of the team sheet come March if he's still available. Yeah, there's some weirdo in the comments who's obviously not an Irish fan and just keeps trying to say things to, take, to make himself look cool. Um, so we just get rid of him. Um, see you later, pal. Uh, just looking at... Um, Mona Lisa Braga says here Killian tried to his mic again like um, I don't know what he's trying to say there then Barry says anywhere on Ferguson's injury Killian is dying to give his opinion on Liam Burt and his disgusting loyalty um, and then Mona Lisa these must be our mates Killian are they well you could just nod because I can't hear you um, but yeah and then Healy says attempted murder regarding Evan Ferguson but look I think uh, 
yeah, I think we'll we'll leave it at that. As I say, Evan Ferguson was in tremendous form. Hopefully, he can come back, still pick it up, and be at the level that he was. Um, but yeah, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Um, don't forget to like the video if you're watching on uh, on YouTube. Um, please subscribe, and if you're listening on podcast, then don't forget to um, give us a follow as well. We'll speak to you all soon. Thanks for watching, and take care. The IFF TV Podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate and subscribe.